Welcome to Creekside Chats with Ryan Campbell. Ryan, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. This is your Creekside Chat midweek resource to keep you going. I'm David Barton, and this is Ryan Campbell. We are two of the pastors at Creekside Church, and we're starting a little podcast today, starting a little podcast to give you just that little extra boost during the week, the midweek podcast to help keep you going. Pretty loose atmosphere, and today we have a special guest in Ryan Campbell himself. Hello. Ryan, you've had a uh, pretty big two weeks, man. Tell I us have. a little bit about what's going on and uh, tell us a little bit about your family. I have. Well, uh, we have just gotten moved down here to Goose Creek. Actually got a house in Somerville. And last week I've been driving, on top of being a worship director, I drive a school bus and I have an elementary route, a middle school route, and a high school route, and lots of interesting kids high energy kids and last week was spring break so that was incredible um but to kick off spring break my wife had our second child Monday. yep about three o'clock in the morning sunday night i am pulled abruptly from a very i was deep in a rim cycle deep sleep and um she says i think my water broke and i was like huh (laughs) And (laughs) I was like, are you sure? And she said, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So long story short, we ended up at the hospital. And at 810, my son Malachi was born. So we have a new baby. Yeah, congratulations, man. Thank you. It was perfect timing with spring break to be able to stay home and um, help her with him. We also have a four-year-old. So he's been really helpful in taking care of little Malachi. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, that's really exciting. Congratulations on a new addition to the family. You You have one on the way as well. One on the way. Really excited about Kai. I know that's what you're calling him. Yep. Yep. And uh, man, as we go through this podcast today, I think one of the things that most interests people is kind of such different dynamic that you and I have. I'm pretty uh, clean cut, short hair, <laughs> clean shaven. Um, I have, you know, the athletic clothes. And then you see Ryan Campbell with the long hair, sometimes in a bun. Uh, man, it's so... <laughs> may or may not have showered. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have showered. But somehow or another, we, we really seem to get along well. We really seem to make it work. And um, Kind of a funny side story about that. So while we were in the hospital, my wife had on HGTV, like house flipping shows. That's all we watched for the entire two days we were there. And uh, Chip and Joanne Gaines were a big portion of that. And Chip Gaines came on and she goes, oh, you are kind of cool, honey. Look, Chip's growing his hair out. He looks like he hasn't showered either. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Thanks, wife. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. (laughs) So for those in our church who may or may not have spent a whole lot of time with you, tell us what you like to do for fun. Um, well, these days it's a lot of taking care of little kids, um, but for fun. Wait, that came out wrong. Th- that did come out <laughs> a little wrong. It is a joy. For fun. What do you do for fun? <laughs> um, when I'm not playing or working on music, I love to be at the beach surfing. Um. 
I'd like to snowboard. I don't get to do that as often anymore as I would like. But um, yeah, I love, I love, I, I know it sounds cliche, but I do love just hanging out and with my family, being at the beach with them, um, playing music, surfing, catching up with friends, grilling. I do love to grill and cook. Good it's deal. It's always fun. Good deal, brother. Yeah. So you've been the worship leader here at Creekside for almost three months now, I believe. And we've gotten a little bit of a taste about an experience you're leading, but maybe give us a little a little bit of background information. What's your philosophy on leading worship? Oh, yeah, that's kind of a, there's a lot to that. Um, well, first of all, I've grown up, my dad is a minister of music, and he's been leading worship for over 40 years now, So, and I'm 32, so he's been leading worship for longer than I've been alive. So I've grown up in a home where that's just been church and watching him interact with the people in the church, watching him um, approach leading worship. I've, I've seen it my whole life. Um, and the way I like my philosophy behind leading worship and leading a congregation in, in worship is, is um, first off, uh, I think when people think about worship, they automatically think about the music that happens on Sunday mornings. And it is so much more than that, but for at least purposes for this question, I'll probably try and think about it and approach it from how we do music on Sunday mornings. Um, And that is, first off, um, we're not on a stage, we're on a platform. And as far as the worship team goes, um, we're there to help show our congregation and help the question is, is how do we most effectively lead our congregation into a time where they're worshiping, where they're um, glorifying God through their song, through singing, um, through what they're experiencing? Um, how do we help set the stage for what is about to be preached, the message that is being brought by you? Um, and I think there are a lot of answers to that question, but for me, Um, What it really boils down to is us as a team being as not distracting as possible. Mm, That's good. Yeah, I like that. Um, And so then the question is, is, okay, well, how how do we, how are we, how do we not be distracting? Um, And there's a lot of little practical ways that that can flesh itself out. Um, Obviously, if we're we're not there to play the the coolest things or be the you know we're not there to have the flashiest lights we're not there to play the coolest guitar or drum or bass solos or sing the best vocal parts you've ever heard um, because I think if we're trying to do that our goal is then focused on hey look at what we're doing look at myself and if if that becomes the focus then we're distracting from glorifying God we're taking the attention away from God which is ultimately why we're there. And so playing playing things like that can be distracting, but I also have a belief that if we're on stage playing things poorly, that can be distracting as well. Yeah. Anything that we do that if it's going to pull somebody in the congregation out of that moment that they're having um, with Jesus, like if they're worshiping, they're there to worship Jesus, 
and they're having a moment where they're glorifying Jesus. Um, and if we're pulling them out of that moment, then we're doing something wrong. Um, so I think a lot of what goes into that on the front end is, is preparation. Um, we've been given a gift. We've been given a talent. Uh, we've been blessed by God with, with an ability, and we're called to steward that talent and ability well. And I think that comes to preparation, what we're doing on the front end in preparing for a service, um, whether that be practicing parts or um, getting together to talk with each other about the intent behind what, what's happening musically. Um, so that when we're there, we're, we're playing well. We're not playing over the top, but we're playing well to the best of our abilities so that we're not distracting um, and that the congregation is seeing us. Because what happens when we, when we do prepare as, as a band, as a team on, on that platform, we're able to experience a freedom in worship. Mm. We're not you know, necessarily glued to the music, glued to the chords, or glued to what's happening um, but because we've spent time preparing, there's a comfort and a freedom in doing what we're doing. And if we're experiencing a freedom in worship, we're showing our congregation what that looks like to experience that freedom. And then our congregation is able to experience that freedom in worship. That's really good. Um, I'm reading it right now from Deuteronomy 8.3, and it says, and he humbled you, and he let you hunger, and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And so it's kind of just this moment of celebration mm-hmm. a little bit. Do you think worship is always celebratory, or what do you think that looks like? Always celebratory? No, <laughs> no. Uh, I think are there are there moments and is a lot of it celebratory? Absolutely, you know. Um, we we can celebrate in knowing what Christ did for us on the cross, in the fact that we're able to have a relationship with Him. That's that's. I mean, we've already experienced a victory because of that, so we can have comfort and peace in knowing that, and. And a lot of what we do on Sunday mornings is celebrating that fact. Um, if there are people there that haven't experienced that salvation or haven't put their faith in Christ, then part of our job is to to show them that, to show them about that relationship, um, to share that good news with them. Um, but for people that have experienced that, I mean, that's a that's a reason to to just shout it from the rooftops, you know. Absolutely. So, yes, a huge portion of it is celebratory, but then there's a portion that's not. You know, we you can look in Psalms and you can see some of the stuff that David wrote. Like, life is hard. Like, we deal. It? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you know, and everybody everybody deals with stuff. And um, I've heard, you know, several people say, I've heard a couple of people say, I can't think of anything that God uses to teach us more than struggle. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think we're supposed to diminish the struggles we go through, but how we 
view them, how we perceive them, how we learn, and how we grow from them is, I think, how God grows grows us yeah. spiritually. Yeah. And um, I think of worship kind of in, in two postures, really. One posture is basically where we're on the floor laying flat on our face because we know there's nothing we can do that's going to measure up. And really, we're, we're, we're not worthy. Um, but then there's the other posture of on our feet with our faces looking upward with our hands in the sky because we know that be, even though we're not worthy, we don't deserve a relationship, um, we do have a relationship because of the cross, because of Jesus. And so that posture of, of thankfulness, really, celebration and thankfulness. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of think of our worship, especially in music, um, in those two postures. That's really good. And it's funny that you mentioned struggle there. Uh, one of the things that really hasn't, struggled up under your leadership in the last couple of months is uh, our Creekside worship team and uh, just the overall Sunday morning atmosphere. Uh, what has you most excited about the worship team, most excited about the Sunday morning atmosphere or environment, if you will? Um, I think the people, really. There's a, it's kind of a newness. So Creekside's just over a year old and obviously going to church is not a new thing you know um there's a lot of ideas somebody was it you and I that were talking the other day about no it was another friend of mine how we were talking about you know there's a lot of ideas and concepts that seem new but really there's not many new ideas out there just things that are rebranded or made to look different or new or modern. Um, And some of the stuff we're doing is stuff that, you know, has been done for a long time, but there still is a newness to what we're doing. And there's a hopefulness and there's an excitement within the people and um, a culture that I, I think goes, gives credit to, what you and some of the other leaders in our church have really put your attention on striving towards, which is like the reason we're here is not to grow a church numerically, but the reason we're here is is to make sure that everyone hears the gospel, whatever that looks like. And if we experience growth numerically, great, but really our, our goal is spiritual growth. And because of your intention to really focus on that, there's an excitement, I think, within the people to really serve, to put kind of a all hands on deck, like, what do you need? Like, their mentality is, what, is you, what do you need? I'm there. Um, and we've seen people step up to the plate yeah, in definitely. different avenues or ways, using, ta- stewarding their talents and gifts in many ways. Um, I'm excited to see people grow and learn practically in the craft of music, you know? Yeah. We actually, even though we're a small church, we have a lot of people that have a talent and a gift, some more than others, but everybody's willing to use it and grow and learn. And so 
I get excited when people want to put in effort yeah. um, to try and reach their full potential in anything they do. Um, you have a desire to, there's a potential for you in preaching, in pastoring, um, and there's a desire to strive to work to reach that potential. And that's exciting for me to see in people when they know that there's something that they have that they can work towards, that's something the Lord has blessed them with, and they want to use it to glorify Him, but they want to put in the effort and the work to try and reach that full potential. That's exciting for me. Yeah, that gets you excited. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think I see that in in the people that are stepping up to serve in our worship team. Absolutely. Well, if you could wave a magic wand, if you could ride it in the sky perfectly, however you want it to go, give us maybe just two or three real practical goals that you have for this team. Hmm. I guess the first goal would probably be genuine spiritual growth. I know that probably sounds cliche. Um, we, we have been tasked with playing and leading worship for our services. And so that's a practical thing. But if we're, if we're not growing spiritually, um, then what we do on that platform in leading our congregation is shallow. It has, and it really has no merit. We're, we're just getting up there and checking off a list and getting through and getting done with it. So first it would be spiritual growth. That would be investment into their lives. And, and in turn, they invest in, in my life, my family's life. You know, when you start doing that, you really are living life together. You're growing together. You're your experience, you're experiencing each other's hurts, your pains, your struggles, but your victories. You're celebrating those joys um, to have people come over after we had Malachi born and bring food, or just call and check in and say, "Hey, how you doing? Um, what do you need? Are you doing okay?" And um, was a cool thing. So, it would be a spiritual growth would be a first a first goal. Um, then it would be to uh, see a growth um, in musicianship in the individuals that are that are playing, um, whether it be a guitar, whether it be vocally or drumming or playing keys, or um, I would love to see them learn, grow, spend time in practice um, to hone that craft so that it can be used in areas even outside the walls of the church. And that can manifest itself in all sorts of ways. You know, there's going to be people that come through that want to make music, that maybe want to make music what they do with their life. Um, And if that's the case, great. There's going to be a lot of people that want to use it to serve. It's They don't necessarily want to do it uh, for their career or anything like that but that doesn't mean they can't still learn and grow and use it beyond just the walls of the church. Um, So I would love to see it become a space for teaching in that way. Um, 
And then third, I would like to see an understanding of our volunteers of what it means based on scripture, what the church is and what that means in their role in the church beyond just serving on the worship team. And I do have to give credit because I think, a lo- yeah, I would say almost all of our volunteers are serving in multiple areas in the church. Um, but, you know, it talks in scripture about the church being the bride of Christ. And so I think if we think about it, what does it, what does it mean to be for us to be the bride of Christ? You know, there's going to be a day when he returns for that that wedding day that we're reunited with him. And right now this is a time of preparation for that day. So practically speaking, what does that mean we're supposed to be doing right now? How are we preparing? How are we serving each other in the church to prepare for that day? Um, and so I'd really like to see an understanding begin to grow and take place in the church of of really understanding just what the church is. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Those are three good goals. And just to kind of recap what you said there, one is to grow spiritually, uh, to kind of grow inward. And I, I love that you use that word grow there. As, as What we say all the time is that someone who's following Jesus, one of the marks of those individuals is that they're growing, especially growing in their relationship with Christ, to say, but also to grow musically. We certainly want our musicians to get better, to always get better, to never, um, to never be satisfied with where you are. And I say that for myself in terms of preaching. So, and then your last was to grow in an understanding of what the church is and what the church does primarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all great things there. And uh, maybe just a last question for you. Uh, are you a sloppy wet kiss guy or an unforeseen guy? Oh, <laughs> and maybe for the millions of people in the world who don't understand that, maybe fill us in a little <laughs> bit on what that means and where that Man, question comes episode, from. First episode, we're getting in on a touchy <laughs> subject, aren't we? <laughs> are Ooh. you a sloppy wet kiss or an unforeseen guy? I'm already feeling the the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I guess a little bit of background, if if somebody is not familiar with this, there is a lyric in a very popular worship song called How He Loves. Um, and the original lyric is, heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. And uh, a lot of times in, in worship, we now sing it as heaven meets earth as an unforeseen kiss. Um, I think there was a lot of people that were just uncomfortable with that phrasing, with that terminology of sloppy wet kiss. And that is a, hopefully my answer doesn't sound like a cop out. Um, so I guess for me, it depends on the place that the song is being sung. It depends on... You're totally avoiding the question. <laughs> no, no. I promise, I, I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. It depends on the audience of who's singing the song and um, the intent behind it. So I know from a musician's standpoint that it was written by a guy named John Mark McMillan. And I saw him several years 
back in concert um, and actually have heard him talk about this song and explain this song. And I know when he wrote this song originally, his intention was not for it was not for it to be a worship song sung by tons and tons and tons of people. It was written after a, a close friend of his had passed away in a car accident, and he was processing through that. And out of that, this song was birthed. Um, fast forward a while after he wrote the song, and David Crowder approaches him and wants to purchase the song from him. Um, so you can kind of get into the music industry world side of things by talking about buying songs and purchasing and spending money and then who owns the song. And So I know John Mark McMillan, for his purposes and when he's singing his music, um, he's not, you know, he's giving a concert to people as an artist. Um, David Crowder, when he's playing music for people, David Crowder's a worship leader. So his goal is going to be for it to be singable for as many people as possible to be able to sing and worship through it. So I would say that um, from his perspective, he's trying to be as not distracting as possible. So... When he gets it, he says, what's going to make this more singable for the largest amount of people? So he changes the lyric from sloppy wet kiss to unforeseen kiss, knowing that there's going to be people that have a problem with the lyric sloppy wet kiss. There's The majority of people aren't going to have a problem with unforeseen kiss. If somebody likes sloppy wet kiss, they're not going to really have a problem with unforeseen kiss. On the flip side of that coin, if people don't like sloppy wet kiss, more than likely they're still going to be okay with unforeseen kiss. So it's a safer avenue for him to change the lyric to unforeseen kiss and realize that people are going to be able to just sing it in a worship setting and go on about their business. John Mark McMillan, as an artist, his goal is to provoke thought through what he's doing. The music, is that's his art form. So yes, he is a believer in Christ, but he has a goal to to provoke thought, and um, he doesn't care if people have a problem with sloppy wet kiss. Now, approaching it from a purely just analyzing lyrics point, I like the terminology of sloppy wet kiss. <laughs> sloppy wet kiss guy, huh? Yeah, I do, and I'm not surprised. The reason is, is um, you know, I think a lot of people have a problem because they say that, you know, God's not sloppy. He's a perfect and loving God. And that's true. He is a perfect and loving God. Um, but there's nothing pretty about the gospel, about Jesus coming down to earth to save us. There's nothing pretty about what he did on the cross. Um, it, it was pretty brutal and it was pretty ugly. You can't wrap it up in a nice, neat little bow. And yeah. Um, so to say heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss, I think is a pretty good imagery of Jesus coming to this earth. Like he came because he loved us, but it was messy and it was sloppy. And I also think about it like, 
I kind of like it when my wife gives me a sloppy wet kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and well, there you, if, go. you know, I think full about circle well, here. think about it like this too. If somebody was to give you an unforeseen kiss, like somebody out of the blue just walks <laughs> up and plants one on you, yeah, that's not my weird. wife. I really don't want an unforeseen kiss, <laughs> right? <laughs> From anyone or anything. You Let probably don't want a sloppy kiss either, but you'd much rather see a sloppy kiss coming than just a random unmerited kiss out of nowhere that's right (laughs) well there are a lot of things in life that are unforeseen but one of the things that we do see is that we're out of time for today we hope that you've enjoyed spending some time with us on this thursday afternoon for some creekside chats with again pastor david and pastor ryan of creekside church and we hope this has been helpful to you as a midweek resource to keep you going and from myself and ryan We hope that you have a good rest of your week. Absolutely. See you on Sunday. See you Sunday. Devon Forest Elementary School, 10 o'clock.